Hi, hi. Um, I I hear that that, that you're the person to come to if I I'm having some trouble with my car. It's 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 just not working right. Sure am. I sure am. Okay, let's have a look. Well, okay. I mean, this might be your problem here. What? What? Well, you got some things you listen to, just all gummed up around this bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, you, I, I, you, you had some some things you watched in here as well. Yeah, I've been ignoring the warning light for that. You've had that warning light on for how long now? A, a while, like a hundred and one weeks. What's with all these interstitial skits? I I don't know. I I don't know what any of this does. I just drive it around. Okay. Okay. Then and it the the knobs for things you've listened to just came off in my hand. Well, I just listen to the same things on repeat. I, I don't ever need to change it. Okay, let's have a look under here. Uh, open her up, will you? <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where two queer trans ladies tell you about how our weeks are going and do some skits and some silly voices and have a bit of a catch-up on how life's been treating us. A bit of a catch-up. A bit of a catch-up. There's some there. There's some there. How are you doing this week? I'm um, alright. Yeah. 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 You had, a, had an alright week. Had an alright week. I had, I had some nice bits. I had some exhausting bits. Uh, um, we had we had a we had a very social day and then a very not social day. Yeah, we we alternated our weekend a bit. I was enjoying the not social bit. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of the the social was lovely, but we did mm. a lot of social on Saturday. We did, as as we will get to talking about in a minute. We did all sorts of played things. Oh, we did. We played many a thing. We played many a thing. Should we talk about the things we played? Let's talk about the things what we played. Should we start with the things we played on Saturday when we had that very social day? Yeah. So I finally got to run um a. D&D story that I thought up oh my goodness over um, a year ago probably over a year ago yeah. um, well, no no not over a year ago I think it was May last year it was we at last least got to play last summer spring. it's been a while yeah sort of spring summer time last year we uh, we we played a D&D I immediately sat down and thought up a new D&D um, and we didn't get to play it. We cause... we fell befoul to the curse that every in person D and D group falls to, which is getting everyone in the same place at the same time. Because there will always be someone who will miss the session for some reason. Yeah, getting getting one hundred percent of the people in place is difficult. It's even harder when you've got five players. Well, this is it indeed. Uh that that group we do with the nerds where there's like six players, uh seven people, seven humans, six players to do a full session. Mm-hmm. I think we've done a full session once. Usually it's missing at least one person and we fill them in later. Yeah, this is only our second session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, we we got to do cuz it originally it started off in the polyamory universe cuz I didn't think I'd ever get to go back there. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, you know, this will be how I will play out some of my, my story bits with, with those people. Which now means in the future I will get to do some of them already knowing how they potentially resolve. Yes, because you kind of know what <laughs> one of the big story arcs that hasn't been revealed in yes. the Polyamory series. So you also know <laughs> what a certain character is. Yes. I don't think that spoils anything I, really. I will be good and I won't go and spoil this for everyone else. I'm not going to go, right, new episode, a le- new recording. Let's go do this thing that I now know about. <laughs> 
Everybody, quick, we need to go here and do this. Yes, and why? This... Because reasons. And this is the solution to the puzzle. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Um, although it was quite interesting that um, the, the one puzzle that I put in this, you immediately went, I know this. I, I tweaked where you'd taken the puzzle from. That didn't, it didn't <laughs> make, make it any easier. It didn't make it any easier. We still had to do the legwork. Um... <laughs> Yes, it didn't take me long to clock where the puzzle had come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did a Battle of the Bands themed D&D, which Oops. was really fun. You um, got to play against various um, spoofs of musical acts. Yeah, so you faced off against Iron Dirigible. <laughs> yes, Iron Dirigible. And um, uh, Creative Influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I think it was... Uh, uh, the fetishes are faced off against the uh, the coast chaps. <laughs> um, the cheerfully departed, I think, was another yeah, one. Yeah, m- obviously, mine, uh, mine, mine apothecary, apothecary courtship. Court where it. we're going to be the finale band, <laughs> but you were like, no, we're going to the boss, to the boss. <laughs> Well, I mean, it happened. I thought we could still go back and do the... And, and you, you know, did. Yeah. I, I let you because you won. Yay! <laughs> that was a six-hour D&D game. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a focused go, 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 go six hours, but it was six hours on and off of... I mean, to be fair, session. I was struggling to get you moving at all at some point because you were all just having a brilliant time pissing about in the world. I mean, you know you've made a good D&D session... When your players are having fun pissing around in the world between activities, it helped that I sort of every every time you you decided you you named the renamed the band. Yes, you've gone from being the Assorted Instruments to the Assorted Instruments a free form a free form jazz, jazz metal, metal experience. experience. Yes, yeah, and then like I got you to come up with like what is this song about that you're playing against these oh, people yeah every time we played a song in the battle of the bands we had to sit for five minutes and workshop what <laughs> what the song was and how we were all performing it <laughs> I, I like the the one that was just crying <laughs> oh the the freeform five minute crying experience about the uh by by Horniclop? Uh, the, oh, the but yes, the, the Biclopsicorn. Biclopsicorn. Yes. yes. Uh, the the existed for like three minutes before it vanished. One minute. Uh, it one list- minute. Lasted for ten and everyone minutes. was very sad about the disappearance of the by by Horniclops. And then it came back at the end. Yeah. And exposed its their their, their breasts to uh, <laughs> to uh, D what is it Dio Waddle Duck or something? <laughs> yes. Yes. Stumble Duck. That was it. <laughs> Wing Commander Dio Stumble Duck. It. It was a good, very silly campaign. Yes. Um, I you you did very well at finding a good length for it. Uh, you were worried it wasn't going to be long enough. I wasn't worried it wasn't going to be very long. And then towards the end, I was worried that the the boss was going to take too long to defeat. Yeah. Uh, by by comparison, I think the last time I DM'd a one-off, it was what two two and a half hours that took us to get through the Dadlands thermostat story. Yeah, I mean, I I think. That was as long as it needed to be. Yeah. Equally, it was... I feel like it was a lot more go-go-go on its pace, but... Uh... Yeah. And, and I think that was the thing. Like, if if we'd gone sort of like, oh, this is what our next song's going to be, this is what we're going to do, we will do ex- ex- exactly the thing in front of us, hmm. it probably would have been a bit dull. Um, yeah. Or a bit dry, or you would have got through it so much quicker. We... 
I, it, but you really inhabited your past. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy my character for that particular D&D campaign. Grishnag! I, I like that you came up with like a, a whole thing for the one character that hadn't been able to uh, to attend the session. Yeah. That they'd just gone to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and like all music festivals, they've been there the entire time. Yeah, it took, it took them like six and a half hours to get to the bar and buy a Diet Coke. Yeah, <laughs> Diet Coke. Dark croak, sorry, yes. Uh, what else did we play that day? Uh, we played some Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Yeah, that that Power Rangers board game that we got it. Uh, that you got me at Unicorn Dance Party. Yeah, you you got to to show off your your funky my big metal legacy Megazord that we had as a big prop. I was going to get to that next, but yeah. Oh, sorry, I assume than, that's what you were leading rather to. Rather than using the, the I mean, eventually, rather than <laughs> using the the small. Cardboard uh, octagon, uh, hexagon. Yeah, um, it's not even a standee. It's, it's just a, standee, a small cardboard right. hexagon that sits on the board. You were like, "No, I'm going to use my my legacy uh, yeah. Pat Megazord." So I can be like, "Hey, everyone that's playing with us, you see these? To- you don't get to play with the toys till we do better in the game." <laughs> if you do, and everyone was like, oh, but, "But what does this do? And how do I do this? This?" It's like, "Well, if you if you if you learn the rules of the game and play the game for a couple of rounds, maybe you'll get a toy you can play with for a minute." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we did eventually do it, and I have a, a great photo somewhere on my phone of the, just the board at the end when you put the Megazord together and just dominating everything. It just looked like it could step on the final boss. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we we had a lot of fun. I, I feel like that's the most successful game we've had of that. I think we only took damage like twice. We we still almost got overrun at the end. Yeah. Um. We we were one enemy in one location away from losing on the final turn, mm-hmm. which, in that regard, it feels very much like Tiny Epic Zombies, in well that balanced. it can kind of sneak sneak up on you, and right around the turn that you end up winning, you're like, one more turn and I'd have had it, or one more unit and I'd have, I'd have had it. So much peril. So much yeah, peril. it's it's clearly paced well, but even though we didn't take damage, it was still paced right that we very almost lost. Mm-hmm. We 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 couldn't have stuck around. Like no. we only won because two of our rangers went off to fight two extra things, like the turn before the final boss. We were like, oh well, we've got some movement left. We might as well. Oh god, if we hadn't done that, we'd be dead. Yeah, I don't get how we got so lucky for not taking any damage. I mean, I think having all five helped. Yes, it it meant that we had all the abilities at our tool set. Um, because previously, when even when we played like essentially four player, but as two people, we didn't have the blue ranger in the pack, so we didn't have um the ability to draw extra cards mid turn, which was really useful. Um, or to recycle cards, uh, basically discard a card and cycle one back from your grave. Mm. Um. Get rid of those one shields to get a three shield back. Yes, plus the blue ranger's really good at. Zero energy cost cards that send themselves straight back to the top of the deck, so they never. Basically, you can use them as for free and keep drawing them back out and using them and drawing them and mm. using them. And for, I mean, from what I can tell, they are the most defensive characters. Yeah, mentioned. they're really good at, and they're really good at cycling. They've got a bunch of stuff in their deck that if you draw it when you're defending, it basically counts for more than its shield value. Oh. It's a really, it's it just. It's a very reliable character, Blue. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was very enjoyable to play that with a bigger group of people. I think yeah. everyone 
picked up on how it was played pretty well. Like, I think that's the thing with that game. Like, it seems like a lot when you first look at it, but once you've played like a round or two, it's like, oh, okay, we can kick some fucking ass. Yeah, it's basically look at your cards. Are there enough tokens on on the board collectively to to do your card? Roll some dice. Done. Mm-hmm. It dice are your colours. You know which ones to roll. And they're so chunky. Yeah. Oh, they're such, such a nice. They're such satisfying dice. They really are. Oh, such. Such I mean, they're dice. probably about twice the size of a normal die. Yeah, like a normal D six. They're nice, uh, translucent, really like nice feel to the plastic. Mm-hmm. Chewy, don't don't chew the gummies. <laughs> they do look like a good fruit gummy. Mm-hmm. Good size. Um, and speaking of tiny epic zombies, yeah, we played some tiny epic zombies for my hatching day. We did indeed. Uh, we had quite a good game considering the very tough objectives we were dealt. We did. We we. I think it helped that we've played it each of those campaigns before, and we yes. knew that one of them needed to be got out of the way as soon as possible with we, no fucking allow. We, we knew our weaknesses with this game, and we're like, okay, let's deal with those quickly. Uh, we, if you, if any of you have played Tiny Epic Zombies, it's a, it, we've talked about it before. It's a game where you've got like a shopping center being overrun with zombies. It's like nine cards around a central area. Um, it can be shuffled however you want. Exactly. It's it's a nice and like. You've got two sides. Yeah. Um. So we got handed the. You've got to get these army people from the outside of the shopping center into the center, which is the one we prioritized because they can very e- progress on that quest can be reset back to zero really easily. So we were like, while the place is quiet, get them in. Then we had the two quests that require the most. Running around and doubling back on yourself, mm-hmm. uh, trying to research the origin and finding the cure, both of which are quests that either have to be done multiple times or where you can't pick certain pieces up uh, until later. So you have to find a piece, leave, and then come back to it when it's the right time for it. And remember, yeah. But given that we we still almost lost, we were very low on cards left close. in the draw deck. Like yeah. we were a t- again, we were a turn away from. Mm. We did it, but we were a turn away from losing. And once again, the thing I love most about the... the I think all of the Gamelin games games is just the uh, just the item meeple. Yeah. they've made their whole thing around. The little wooden people with holes in their hands so you can put like a, cross, a little plastic crossbow in their hand or when you find Uzi the crossbow card. Or a shotgun. Yeah. They are really adorable, those... I got tracking information the other day for Tiny Epic Max. So <gasps> yes, I I'm heard. very excited to see what happens when you put the item meeple inside a mech. Heck. Heck. But um, it could also hold things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is that is always our it seems to be our experience with Tiny Epic Zombies, is it is very well paced for even if you know what you're doing, it's gonna be either side of a turn that you win or fail. Mm-hmm. Like you if you lose it'll be if we'd had one more turn and we could have had it. If you win, it's, oh god, if we'd had one more turn, we would have lost. And I put the 28 Days Later soundtrack on while we play? Yes, you did. Any excuse to hear in the house in a heartbeat, really. <laughs> very, very fitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I put the, well, I put the, uh, uh, the, what was it, uh, the Power Rangers rock <laughs> album, whatever it is? Yes, uh, yes, the Power Rangers rock anthems album. Yes. Uh, as we were coming up to the final round of the Power Rangers port so, yeah, game. let's have some... Yeah, good action music to get us going. At <laughs> least one of our players was like sort of bopping out to it, like, "What is? What is this? It's really good. <laughs> this is a jam. I know, right? Yeah, it's the Power Rangers. They're like, "Oh, of course it is." <laughs> 
Go, go, Power Rangers! Do, 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 do. Yeah, we had a whole little deep dive on Wikipedia the other day about... Oh, learning about the fact that uh, the person who made the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme these days is making music for, like, Desperate Housewives? It was something like that, after, yeah. After many years of making, like, basically every guitar-led intro theme to a 90s cartoon you can think of. Basically having been run into the ground by Saban, being like, here's here's four hours, make us a theme tune, instead of the word go in it. That Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme was apparently, was written and recorded in four hours, because that was the deadline he was given. It's about Power Rangers, go. It needs to have the word go in it, and you've got like six hours, go. They are the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there wasn't it like SB, uh, SPT or yeah SBD SBD something like that yeah um additionally like the nineties X Men cartoony that that was the same person not the cool Japanese one no which is also interesting this one's not cool no but I'm saying that like if you've not heard it. The Japanese intro to the 90s X-Men cartoon is fantastic, mm-hmm. and on a whole... The, the intro, animation, and song is on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else did we play? We played a lot of Magic the Gathering. Yes, we did. A lot of Magic the Gathering. We played, what, like, ten games we played on ten your games hatching on, day? On my hatching day. And, and then we did won a... nine of them. <laughs> I'm getting that. I, I, it's starting to click for me. Uh, all, that, all that Yu-Gi-Oh! championship... Uh, well, knowledge is, is really kicking this in. This is now. it. I've I've overcome the barrier of I'm trying to play this like a different TCG, and I'm like, oh, I get this one now. <laughs> TCG brain activate. I will never win again. <laughs> no, you will win again. Ten oh, percent of games. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. And then we, we did a draft on Friday night. We did a draft of what was the new expansion uh, called? Theros Beyond Death. Yes, we had the pre-release for that. We each got a pre-release box. Yeah, we decided to draft it rather than just building from our own boxes. Yeah, and I think if we do like the next set, I might do um, might do like a just. Just build out of our own boxes. I, I'd be up for that as well. I think that would totally work. Uh, yeah, and I think that 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 was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, we we did we have a... some packs still, so we might be doing some more drafting soon. Yeah, well, we we're probably going to play some more Magic on Sunday yeah. uh, on the day that you hear this recording, <laughs> and maybe we'll do some drafting then. Who knows? We we have all the equipment we require to do so. Yeah, I. This is the first time I have tried to build a magic deck from scratch, mm-hmm. and I think I did pretty well at recognising, like, these things work together, put some synergy. Mm-hmm. I worked out what colours I could make mesh with each other. Yeah. Um, I'm learning. Um, I'm putting my, my card brain together. You made a really good deck, and I made... I, I had to fix my deck halfway through, <laughs> after the second game. Because it was just fucked. You made a... But I've never drafted before. You made a, what, a white and red deck? Um... Yeah, I think originally? initially it was a red white. I wanted to make a blue green deck, and I'd already um, I'd and... zoned in before you had on all the blue cards. No, no, no. I started on the blues, but like <laughs> later on, you were getting the blues so much better than me. Yeah. Um, I I I zeroed in. I and I know you're not supposed to do this in draft. It's not the way you're supposed to do it. But really early on, I zeroed in on the fact that I'd seen. Uh, I'd seen good cards for both blue and green with the same end goal, which was essentially to build up uh, lo- loyalty? What, uh, uh, devotion. Devotion. 
uh, where you've got to build up devotion, and then I had this card that's like, hey, no matter what uh, faction you're building up devotion for, one extra devotion regardless of colour, and I was like, okay, that works really nicely with these, and I've got these things that trigger off of um, activating enchantments, and both the blue and green are, are dropping off uh, a bunch of enchantments. So I, I zeroed in on what my strategy was going to be, like, by the second pack, I think. I'd committed to, I'm making a... I'm probably I thought making I a had bloom. to, but by the time I got to actually looking at what I what I drafted... Yeah. Because I think we were also all laying them face down. Yes. And just, I had no capacity to remember what I had, only that I had been going for... I think it was actually blue-red. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't work out, because I, you take all the guns. I feel bad that toward the end, I ended up taking that white uh, demigod. Oh, yeah, because you realised that basically it was just like, I have to take the best things. <laughs> well, I, I realised, like, okay, we're at the point where there's no more green or blue, which is what I'm going for. I might as well take the best of what remains so that it's not used against me. Which is a typical drafting thing, and then when I thought back on it, I was like, that was really mean for an on-stream draft. For an but on-stream fun with it, my partner draft. That that was that was me. I love you, I love you too. Mwah. Yeah, that was me defaulting to being... My head got back to being at a tournament, like, oh god, oh god, I win, po- I win points and free booster packs if I win, uh, if I do well in the, in the four-person draft. So I've got to steal the cards that would benefit everyone else. You really want some booster packs? I've got some downstairs. It's, it, it's just... Like, when you do say, uh... Last time I did this was the Pokemon Championships in Berlin. Uh... The Pokemon Championships, they tend to do, like, little booster box drafts there. Mm. And four-person, you play, like, six games within four people. And, you like, whoever comes first gets, like, five booster packs. And, like, the there's very much a strategy there of, I get to keep what I pull over to my pile. Plus, it can't be used against me. Snipe things sometimes, even if they're not the thing you're building. Cause yep, so she wrecked me. I I I I got all trading card brain. <laughs> she got all aggressive trading card brain. Are you I gonna be like you. this on Sunday? No, I love you. <laughs> Your friends. I love you. I mean, they're our friends. But... I I love you. <laughs> you too. <laughs> thank th- thank you for putting up with me going going trading card brain. You have to be nice to Ellie at the weekend because yeah. Ellie's not built many decks. No, I I know this, <laughs> and I'm going to be nice. <laughs> Um, I was like, you, you are, you are more experienced than me at magic. You can, you can handle this. <laughs> I could not handle it. I mean, I could handle it emotionally, but <laughs> I got a nice Nyx Lotus. I kind of want to see what a non-foil of that looks like because it's a really pretty card. It's a very pretty card. Also, we spent a lot of time going, hmm, these Nyx lands are beautiful. Like full art Nyx lands are amazing. Oh god, yeah. I can see why you were looking at them like oh, I could get some tattoos of these. Like I. I love nebula, nebulae anyway. I think yeah. ne- nebulae are beautiful. But like, I was sitting there at the end, like after I cleaned up and I put most of the stuff away, and I just still had the Nixland sitting out in front of me. I was like, you know what? I might see if I can get like a nice long frame, and get like one of each. Because yeah. I think mounted and behind glass, they would have really them pop. like those that trio of Pokemon bookmarks yeah, that I have framed up nicely. That's basically what I was thinking of. Like yeah. just all the Nixlands, just like that wouldn't look really nice. Heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you played anything else this week? I have. Uh, we we played another thing together. We played Thunder and Lightning. Ah, that game we haven't played before. Yeah, that was interesting. Shall we talk about the premise before we talk about whether it's good or not? Yes. 
So basically, um, Loki has stolen something from Odin. Yeah. And then Odin's like, Thor, go sort your brother out. But basically, Loki's got one item and Thor's got another. And if the two are together, whoever's got both of them can rule Asgard as the next king or something. Basically, if you are, as as a from a mechanical point of view, if you are forced to discard uh, either the ring or the crown, that's it. The yeah. So it's a deck-based game, two-player only, set decks. You're not deck-building as you go. Um... And you're trying to build essentially like a little army wall to protect yourself, because if you run out of cards on the table, you lose. But also to protect... If you happen to draw into the card that you don't want your enemy to to get, you either need to get enough cards in your hand that like, if they get to randomly take a card from your hand, they don't accidentally take it, mm. or maybe hide it on the board behind some strong creatures so that it's not defeated. But be careful not to just really obviously put it somewhere. Oh yeah, I made it really obvious where I was putting <laughs> mine, I was an idiot. But, um, yeah, it's... I think the fundamental problem with this game, because mechanically, it's quite a fun game until... One of you draws the card that can make you lose and has to start trying to hide that they have it because yeah. these decks are pretty big. Uh, they're what, like fifty card I decks, so, I think. Like um, and you're only you're not even guaranteed to be drawing a card every turn because drawing a card takes up an action and you might not always want to spend your action on that. Yep. You so, have three actions at the beginning of the game because yeah. you have three columns. Yes. But if you lose all of the cards in one column, you have to put a card back in it. Otherwise, you will lose. One of your actions. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but the the thing is, is you definitely won't end up with this card that could make you lose in your starting hand. If you get it in your starting hand, you shuffle it back into the deck. But um, here's you're definitely it's not a fast enough card economy game. There's not enough things that make you draw extra cards that you're guaranteed to get through most of the deck within a reasonable number of turns. Yeah. And this means that it's really easy to get into situations where. One player draws the card that's like, oh god, if my opponent gets this, I lose. And the other person's like, oh, it's safe in my deck, I don't have to fucking worry about a thing. And yeah. have, like, you could have, like, eight, nine, ten turns where one player is, through no f incorrect playing on their part, at risk of randomly losing the game at any moment, and the other person's just like, I'm invincible right now because that card hasn't come up yet. Yeah, and, and that just feels like a weird design choice. Yeah, there is that problem. Like, I, the only thing I could think of, and I've, I've only really thought about it just now, is like, if you do get it in your hand, you've got two actions. One of them is really, really bad, that, and that action is put it down on the thing. The other one is just put so many cards in your hand, there is no way they're going to draw it randomly. Except you did. Um, the the one of the times when you got that that uh, part out of my hand, that card. I had 14 cards or something. I was like, I, I had like, I was like, I'm using all my, all my, all my actions to draw, all my actions to draw, all my actions to draw. Oh, okay, okay, you fucking ravened it out of my hand first guess. But it was literally just a guess. Yeah, well, that's it. Is there's nothing you can Luck. do if the person just randomly guesses where it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the other thing about the game's pacing that is odd is, as we said before, like there's these three lanes that you put your cards in. And if everything in one lane is defeated, you go from having three actions per turn down to two actions, down to one action. Which really, 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 really makes it difficult to claw back any momentum. Because as soon as you're an action down, 
you realistically have to use one of your actions to put a card into that spot and draw a card for your other, other action to keep your hand economy. So you've basically zero, made zero change to the game state, whereas the other person's like, well, I have an, a, an action more than you do. It, it makes it really easy for them to keep knocking you back into it playing on the back well foot. well designed or well balanced. And, and something I think is quite telling about that, the people that lent it to me, yeah, like, forgot they... Maybe three yeah. years ago? Not only forgot they'd lent it to me, yeah. But when I offered it back to them, didn't seem super keen to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: I think we could homebrew some rules that can make it a lot better. Like, you know what my two home rule suggestions would be? Um, first of all, get rid of the rule where if one of your lanes is out, you lose an action. It makes it you you're already having to fight to rebuild that lane. That's enough of a back foot as it is. Mm. Um. And second, I would say don't shuffle the the win or loss cards into the deck at ran uh, uh, as a whole. Leave it aside. Shuffle the deck. Split the deck into roughly halves. Shuffle that win or loss card into the bottom half of the deck, still blind. Pop the other half back on top. You know that they're not going to pop up till the second half of the game. It gives reasonable time to build the board. The board state. The thing is, then... Maybe? Is it... Yeah, but is that going to reveal other holes in the game? It like, might it do. It might not actually be all that good. Maybe. That that would be my suggestion to try, oh, is maybe yeah. we try and 50-50 split the deck and shuffle the win or loss card into the bottom half so we know that it's... There is a yeah. reasonable, like... It's not going to be, you got this on turn two, I got it on turn 20. Mm. It feels like it's trying to sell itself a sort of super smart strategy game. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really it's a bluffing like game. It's a game yeah. about not losing, and you know, and to that degree, I think it it clearly it works because the second I draw that card that could make me lose, I panic and I start overthinking things, and that's that's what the game is about: is don't panic, be smart. What's the best way to hide this thing now? I have it without letting on that I've got it. I feel like there's maybe some strategy there. Mm-hmm. But you could just get ravened and lose it anyway, and that oops. Would be less than ideal. Yeah. Um. Only. Well, I mean, I. I. While we're talking about things we played, I played some Magic: The Gathering Arena, but we've already oh, talked yeah. about Magic enough. It's it's more Magic, but it's online because I like Magic. I mean, have you played anything else? Uh, I played a bunch more Pokemon because, of course, I did. Nash. Um. I've been doing a bunch of shiny raid dens, so I'm part of a a uh, Twitter DM group that is basically various people doing shiny hunting and raids and helping each other with trying to collect various Pokemon, and basically one of the group managed to find a shiny den where everything that was popping up in it was shiny, so uh, we went through and caught like seven shiny dragons in a, sit- a sitting, and that was amazing. I've got my... Sleepy dragon and my grandpa dragon and slimy dragon, slime dragon, dragon with a bone in its mouth. I've all the dragons. Um, honestly, that's it. Really, I've started replaying through the Switch port of To the Moon. Ooh. That continues to be a game that makes me cry, and the Switch port's really nicely done. It's they've clearly gone to some work to polish up that port a little, rather than just sort of one to one it. Um. 
like the aspect ratio uh, is better for a widescreen because previously it was a 4x3 game originally and they've just done some tweaks to be like cl clearly they put some thought into this uh, hmm. port and does any of the did any of it need to be changed mechanically because of the the wider screen? Uh, not that I have noticed yet. Right. Okay. Um, so it could just be a case of they've just managed to change the aspect ratio. It quite possibly. Yeah. It it still feels like a really sweet little game that I'm glad exists and hooray! I have it in a new place. Yeah. Slowly, ev place. slowly, every one of my favorite games of all time is getting put on the Switch. Eventually, I'll be like, Switch has got every game that has ever been my favorite game. Mm. Don't need any other consoles now. I got this one. I was looking at The Tourist the other day. That looks fun. I didn't realize that um, had come out like last year on Switch. Yeah. Uh, everything I have heard about The Tourist is real, real positive praise. Not only like mechanically and gameplay and st uh, story-wise, but like visually it's one of the most impressively running games on Switch. And and not... Like, even though it's 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 voxel. Like, yeah. it, it's nicely done voxel it's... and the things within that world, like the... I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there are like weird mechanical things. Yeah, they have a real life to them and personality. That 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 that's the the animators, that's the programmers there. Yeah, really nice lighting, visual mm. effects, uh, draw distance stuff. Yeah. It keeps a perfectly locked sixty frames a second. Yes. Never dips. It's a it's a gorgeous little game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that 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 is definitely one I want to put some time into soon. It looks very good. Yeah. Uh, have you played anything else? I played anything else? Oh, uh, I played some Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah, he started playing playing that Yakuza. How how that going for you? Um, well, I was. It didn't help that there was stuff going on IRL while I was trying to start that game. Yeah, I I struggle with subtitles at the best of times, but when there's there's no speed control on them. Yeah, and then like I'm being distracted, and they move quite fast anyway. Yeah, like every time that it was like, here is a new person, and this is their connection to the world at large or the the Yakuza clan. I was like, I don't have time to read the name and their subtitle, so I'm just looking at them and then reading their subtitle and and hoping at yeah. some point somebody mentions it, their name later. It, it was not the best combination of events to try and start that game. No. And also I feel like it needs some accessibility stuff there. Yeah. For that sort of thing. So Just slow it down. Like late, later Yakuza games are better at that. This is there there are definitely some holdovers of this being a remake of the original Yakuza. I didn't realise it was the original. Uh, I believe so. I believe oh. Kiwami is a remake of the original one, I think. Yakuza Extreme <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I mean, the the fighting's not bad. I'm not great at it. You did some karaoke. I did. <laughs> um, I I thrashed around a control pad. Cause, it really cause real real yakuza user gamepad, you know. Real yakuza user gamepad. I, I mean, I don't know which yakuza they asked, but I I won't. The real ones. The real ones. Yes, Sega. Well done. I mean. I I I've seen that before, and it always makes me think of listening to old episodes of the com comedy button. Max and Brian told a story once of when they were in Japan and sat down in a bar, some like little hole in the wall three seat bar, and started having drinks with someone who was very excited when, in sort of broken English and Japanese, they communicated that their job was to talk about video games, 
and several drinks having been bought for them later, this person reveals themselves to be a member of the Yakuza and starts showing them their tattoos. Um, and then talking, and then goes back to like, oh yeah, I really like Mega Man. <laughs> so maybe he could tell us if real Yakuza use uh, game pads. Sorry, long story to get around to my my no, amusing I, anecdote. Uh, no, absolutely necessary. Thank you yeah, very much. I I I believe that Mega Man is best played on a game pad. Uh, prob- probably, probably. Pro- so probably. that's what real Yakuza play. Uh, y- yeah, sure. Also, rock paper scissors with. People dressed as bugs. Yes, yes. Yeah, that. that appears to be specifically aimed at children, if, if the actual cabinets that it's played on is anything to be yeah. said about. I, so, I, those cabinets are, like, knee-high. Yeah. And then there's the bar that tried to charge you two quid for darts and you were not having it. No, because, like, this is a fancy bar selling fancy whiskeys, like... This feels like the kind of place where, like, there would be someone standing there stewarding the table or the or the dartboard, but, like, you're there to drink the expensive whiskeys. I feel like the games would have been free in, like, a, a, an upmarket bar yeah. in most places. You, you don't play those games unless you bought an overpriced drink first. Absolutely. But if you bought an overpriced drink, of course you can play darts. Of course you can play darts on an incredibly expensive t- uh, board with incredibly expensive like, platinum diamond darts. Platinum, platinum diamond tipped darts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've been to. I, th- I, I think. I guess it's some kind of hostess bar. Oh I yeah. chatted to a person for a while. <laughs> they they seemed nice. Yeah, uh, they someone... were they were paid to seem nice. <laughs> I mean, like, we had a whole conversation about, like, how people are, are alcoholic and handsy. <laughs> we yeah. had quite a nice chat yeah. about, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, that, that that's a thing. I, I and they mean, were like, I want to go... In fact, we spent most of the time talking about her, so... I'm I'm really glad that that your your protagonist is like, oh, that really, that really sucks that these people treat you so badly in this industry. Tell me more about your plights and struggles. Yeah, and we had a nice conversation about... I mean, about, I like, like Kiryu as, as a protagonist. He's, he seems sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just the way I've played him, but... Here's the thing, he feels too sweet to be tied up in the Yakuza. I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're a nice person. You shouldn't be framed for murder. He's good old Kiryu. I didn't get framed for murder, unless there's something I'm going to find out later. No, the, the, the bullet hole through the funeral home oh, window. Um, well, I mean, we're going to find out about that later. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's, that's not even a frame job. That's a, he was in the room at the time. I don't yes. think that was... Him being there was any part of that plot. Okay, I apologise. Frame makes it sound like it was a deliberate thing as opposed to... uh, He he got the blame for a thing he did not do. Mm -hmm. I suppose is a better better wording. Yeah. Too sweet to be a suspect in a a crime. Also, the person that got shot is apparently still alive, so... Yeah. I'm guessing that I'm going to get away with that just fine. Yeah, they'll probably go... Unless they get Um, further assassinated in hospital. Well, here's the thing. If someone tried to kill them once, and they can, you know, give an alibi to the fact you didn't, tra- you, it wasn't you. Oh, that'd be bad for the whoever actually did it, wouldn't it? Wow. Oh heck, yeah. So I'm, I'm not in like of of all the open world games I've played, like recently ish. Mm. Like the Saints Row three and four, I liked. A Sleeping Dogs, I really enjoyed. Sleeping Dogs is great. It it doesn't get the love it deserves. 
I got it, like, I think I got, like, a definitive edition version for, like, four quid on PC. Again, because no one bought it, so they, they junked the price down to try and shift it, because no one bought it, and it's fantastic. It seemed to be one of those ones that was, like, a big AAA game that was popping up in Steam sales. Yeah. Like, every other it, month. It came out at just the wrong time and never really got the groundswell it needed. Which is was a shame, because it like, it's up fab. against, like, GTA Five or something? I feel like it, it, it was up against something else big that kind of just dwarfed it and yeah. took all its attention. Um, I had fun with that. I didn't like yeah. the fact that I had to be a cop, but... Yeah, that's fair. Um, like, there, there were some interesting shenanigans to be had there and an interesting world to inhabit. I feel like the... The the world is quite interesting for Yakuza. Um like yeah. I guess Yakuza one. Um but it feels really tiny. Hmm. Like it feels like there is a lot, but also not a lot. It like it, if it was a more modern game, I feel like the the world would be about like nine hundred times the size. Yes. It's it's content dense rather than mm. wide. And again, more modern Yakuza's feel sort of broader in that sense, but mm. there are certain things that you can feel like this is a very nice remake of a game that was once much smaller. Like, it's weird that you can get everywhere on foot. Yeah, yeah. But if you want, you can use the taxi service to go to, like, the other side of the map. <laughs> Which is a nice thing, I guess. Yeah. Is that everything you've played? I think that's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Hmm. Hello and welcome to a brand new game show! Are you ready for the first episode of Mine Apothecary Courtships? Is this a music video, or a track off our new album, or just a weirdly lengthy trailer? Welcome to our first contestants! Hello! Uh, so we have shown you this two and a half minute video. What is it? Is it a new song? Is it a music video, or is it just a trailer for a one-off show? I thought it was the, like a short uh, art house film about some people in the woods with some daggers. Right, and the uh, correct answer is... Uh, aren't you supposed to, like, tell us at the end of the, the drum roll... Oh, no, no, of course not. You've got to wait another three to four months to find out what this was. Uh, Join us back in three to four months to find out what the answer was on this first episode of Mine Apothecary Quote Chip would like you to try and work out what on earth their video is. I need to go home to my wife. No, you wait here until we tell you if you're a winner. I love you, Agnes. Strapped for something to do at the weekend? Go! To Jerryland. Take a stagger through the squiffy manor. Ride the big tipple. Take a spin on the sherry snifters. Marvel at the boozy bounces. Then try one of 83 types of sherry in one of our comfortable sherry nooks. We even have alcohol-free sherry for the non-drinkers. I don't think I'll be having any of that. No, but it's glad it's good to be supportive of other people's needs. Absolutely, we like to cater for everyone. And speaking of catering, there'll also be scones to go with the sherry. Oh goodness! Mm -hmm. oh. Sherryland, a befuddling afternoon for one and all. Huzzah! Oh. <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Well. 
I don't know whether to put this in my I think watch. That's a watch. Is that a watch? I think that's yeah, a watch. Yeah, it, it's got a pretty decent visual component. So, watch slash listened to a video on the My Chemical Romance YouTube channel and on their Twitter called An Offering. So, on paper, this is an advert announcing the fact that My Chemical Romance are playing a UK tour date in mid-June. They are playing in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes! Um, Interestingly, it's like, it's on a Saturday, and it's like a 5.30 in the afternoon show, as opposed to like, you know, the usual 7.30 doors for a lot of gigs. Um, it's in a football stadium. It's, there's some, there's some things about this that are ringing, like, very odd alarm bells. Not, not like, as if anything's wrong, but they're just like, something in my head's going, this isn't usually how you do a show. Um... And this sort of extends to this trailer, which is a two and a half minute long thing with what sounds like new music from My Comical Romance of some description, a sort of interlude thing. A whole storyline going on with people in cloaks and they're doing a ritual in the woods. Skull faces. Um, and I will get into all of the theory crafting about that in a second. Ooh, lots um, of satanic imagery. Uh, yeah, so... First of all, my gut response to this Milton Keynes thing is My Chemical Romance have previously done new album review shows in the U uh, reveal shows in the UK. Don't know why they do them in the UK, but uh, the Black Parade was revealed in London. They did a show where they were like, ah, oh, it's going to be a My Chemical Romance concert. And then uh, they were like, sorry, uh, over the tannoy, My Chemical Romance will be unable to play tonight, but instead we'll be playing the Black Parade. And then Gerard Way gets wheeled out on a stretcher and comes out and everyone's like, oh shit, it's them. Um, a lot of the things like the time of day, the fact it's not a weekday, um, the fact they're making such a big deal about this specific show, like the LA reunion show in December didn't get a big trailer with music and plot line. Something about this to me rings, mm, maybe oh, this oh, is, oh. I feel like this might be a new album reveal show and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading too much into things, but like they have bigged this UK show up more than they did their one-off LA show. My body is ready. And I'm like, I, I feel it. I feel it. I'm not ready to see um, them live, but I am very ready to buy a new album. That's totally fair. Um, Additionally, this an offering thing and the music in it. Uh, if you line up the end of an offering with the start of Thank You for the Venom, it just perfectly goes between. I'm like... I enjoy Thank You for the Venom. Yeah. I'm like, this This is the interlude equivalent track off a new album. Uh, sorry, I'm going theory crafting on My Chemical Romance now. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I keep thinking... To, I've been I've been down the My Chemical Romance rabbit hole today. <laughs> um, I keep thinking about the fact that Joe, uh, Joe Jonas was the first person to talk about the fact that Michael McCormick's were back together when back in, like, March last year, he was talking about he'd been rehearsing in a studio and they'd been rehearsing next door to him. And I'm like, if this was just to come back and play your greatest hits that you haven't done for five years or whatever, you wouldn't need to practice almost a year out to redo your classic hits that you've done a million times before in official studio space. That's uh, everyone... Do we still have it? Yeah, we still have that, it. That Let's feels like everyone pop round each other's house a couple of months before the tour's announced. You know, play some songs. Yeah, we still got it. You don't get, like, that kind of studio space that far out for that. I reckon they were recording new music. 
I I am very much of the opinion that Joe Jonas, like, oh, I was recording next to My Chemical Romance. I think they were making new music then. Um, so yeah, this an offering thing. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of people in cloaks with skeleton faces. <laughs> Jane's sort of doing fluttery eyes at me and leaning on me. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I'm sorry. I got all the. I'm getting all excited. No, no, okay. we're sorry. This is awesome. So I apologize for apologizing for getting excited. Getting excited it is a uh, learned behavior from people telling me to shut up about my interests as a kid. Tell me about your interests. Yeah. Infuse. Um. So yeah, very sort of like twinkly piece of music that builds up to a very sort of like sort of uh, crescendo at the end that definitely feels like it could drop into a rock track. Um. A bunch of people in cloaks, skeleton faces, they stab a blade down into the middle of a pentagram in the woods. dagger into them. Um, Yes. So either it's a continuity error or a clue, who the fuck knows. But when they stab the um, dagger into the middle of the pentagram, between that shot and the next shot, certain things in... Certain things in the video change... There's, like, some of the cloaks have symbols on the back of them, and after the dagger's stabbed, the symbols are no longer there. Which, like, that's a different cloak. Um, the theory is maybe there is some plot line going on in the videos for the new album that is, a, or, or the stories of the album, that is about, like, crossing over into other worlds or other dimensions, <sighs> which would explain the inconsistencies after the dagger is stabbed in the pentagram. Um, that feels very Twin Peaks The Return. That feels very Twin Peaks The Return, doesn't it? I like it. Um, there's there's a lot of discussion of there was a there was a lot of talk around the time that my chemical romance stopped making music that they were working on al- an album uh, what was it called paper paper something paper paper kingdom something like that um and the plot of the album was apparently going to be that it was from the perspective of a bunch of parents whose kids has di- had died it was like a support group for grieving parents and they these parents had sort of made up a story together about like to to help themselves cope with like imagining their kids going off on some adventures and having sort of magical adventures off in the woods, and there are people theorizing this does seem like maybe that could be what that's to do with is like uh, the s- stories about people who've gone off into the woods and mysterious things happen. Oh, shit. Um, I I feel like this is leading to new music. It's too elaborate. I'm like. Like Emma Romance, what the fuck are you doing with us? Like, every other band would just go, oh, we, we're doing some new shows, here's some new music. My Emma Romance is like, here's here's a bunch of weird cryptic symbols that lead to June and have a UK flag and then we have a video. What, what are we doing? Who the fuck knows? Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. But... You'll know if you uh, have tickets by this the yeah. time this goes live, right? When we're recording, tickets have not gone on sale for that Milton Keynes show. By the time this goes up, They'll tickets have will have gone... Yeah, they will have sold out. <laughs> I will be doing my very bestest to get tickets to, to be at that show. I will be queuing up the night before. I will be trying my best to get front and barrier for whatever the fuck this turns out to be. If nothing else, I'll get to see them play live again, which I sort of assumed would never happen. Well, they, so. need, they need their tambourine, it's strange. I mean, I've got a different colour hair now. How am I going to get recognised? Oh no. <laughs> Uh, Maybe you should see if you can get Jared on a tonal whiplash. I, I trust me, I've tried. I've, I've tried. I've, I've got degrees of separation. I know people who know him. I've got people who could like the the, the points of connection are there. I've just got to just got to get in there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, do run with Laura Jane Grace. So <laughs> how about you go and do a thing? Yeah. <laughs> so 
I I think this is I think this is a tease for a new album. I I don't think this is just a weirdly elaborate trailer for a UK show when like the LA show got no trailer. Um, the Australia, the Japan shows, the New Zealand show, none of them got fancy trailers. But Milton Keynes is special. Milton, Jared Milton... Wayne likes doing gigs and shit Oh my god! Apparently, that is my. F- <laughs> I I've seen a bunch of people. I shared it myself. Uh, going around a tweet that's like, ah, we've cracked the code of why Jared Wayne wants to play in Milton Keynes, and it's just this interview clip of him going like, I really love playing in beautiful shitholes. And the thing I really loved about that is just the number of people in the replies going, yup, can confirm, from Milton Keynes, it is a shithole. Like, yeah, but like, a beautiful shithole. It's, it's like, it's, it's the best of shitholes. <laughs> uh, uh, although someone mentioned that when he was talking about that, he was actually talking about Portsmouth. <laughs> I mean, again, Portsmouth, yeah, that makes I don't sense. I have ever been to Portsmouth. I've been to Portsmouth only for gigs. Um... I saw Frank Iero play in Portsmouth when I did a little one-page interview for a magazine with some photos of him. That was real cool. We, he sat up on the table and told me about how he wanted to play music with his dad someday. It was really sweet. Mm-hmm. There were no, there were no chairs. We just sat on the table. It was quite it was quite an experience for me as a big MCR fan to be like, "Oh shit, it you! Hi, no. it's okay. You have the chair. I'll stand. It's okay. Oh, you okay?" I, I, it was a, it was quite a thing to interview him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's my gushing about that that video I watched. Uh, what, Thank you. What did, what did, what did you watch? Um, <laughs> becoming the Magic the Gathering cast. Um, I watched a thing called How to Build a Good Magic the Gathering deck and why bad decks fail. And I think foxes are fucking. Um, <laughs> I mean, by, good uh, for you, foxes. Right. Go Foxes, uh, by uh, Desolation, De- sorry, Desolator Magic on YouTube. Um, I learnt a thing, because previously I've heard lots of people going, once you build a deck, you need to test it and test it and test it and test it and test it. Make sure it works. I was like, cool. And uh, someone else was like, nah, maths. I mean, if you do the maths, you shouldn't have to test it, because... When people say test it over and over and over to make sure it works, what they're saying is... What are the actual um, odds? Yeah, that what, yeah, it's... Test it, test it, test it, because for most people that is the way that they will get a feel for what the odds actually mean. Mm. But apparently you can use hyper, hypergeometric distribution. Yeah. Have you encountered this in your I am yeah. aware of this, yes. Of course you are. <laughs> is this something that you got heavily into when you were? Uh, oh, I, it was a concept more than a thing I was practically oh, yeah. good at. Because there seem to be quite a few uh, uh, hypergeometric distribution calculators on on the interwebs. If you want to check that out, that was nice to see. Yeah, um, it, yeah. It, uh, you can sum it up real laypersonly as. If you want to draw a card, like, every time you play the game because it's really integral to your strategy, have lots of it. If it's a card that you need to get only at very specific times, like, probably late in the game, you don't want to draw it in your starting hands, don't put so many of it in there. Honestly, that's the basics of what... I mean, the basics are, like, what are the odds of this happening? What percentage chance do I have of this happening? Yeah. And it's broken down quite nicely in a... Like, you can... 
like you can do it in an array. There's even a thing in Excel if you know how which numbers to put in which slot. Yeah, like there there is an Excel thing, and I think it works on on Google yeah. Sheets as uh, well. The the, the Yu Gi Oh the way I always saw it done was basically um, if you put uh, if you we assume that you're running the minimum number of cards because that is usually good Yu Gi Oh deck building strategy. If you put this many copies in, here are your odds of drawing it in your starting hand. And subsequently, on turns after that, what are your ch- your chances that any given draw will be that card? And then it gives it it gives basically those numbers for if you put one copy in, two copies, three copies, uh, four copies. If if, if uh, not four copies, I'm thinking that's Pokemon that you can <laughs> have magic four copies. And, and Pokemon. Yeah, magic and Pokemon. But it's one, two, and three. What are your opening hand odds? What are your odds after that per oh. draw? Well, the, the actual uh, equation works as how many cards have you got in your deck? Yeah. Um, how many chances of a success? So how many copies of that card? Or yeah. The, the one I see with magic building decks using that technique is, if not exactly the same card, how many like similar cards have yeah. you put in? So how many hits are there? If there's like yeah. 12 hits total because you put three lots of four things that do basically yes. the same thing. And what are your chances with your first seven cards, eight cards, nine cards, and working out sort of like yes. turn by turn your chances of that. Hmm. It's interesting maths. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is basically what are your odds of, do you need a four, like for Yu-Gi-Oh, it's what are your chances of a four star thing that you can just easily summon? Of a thing that uh, you have to tribute, a thing that has higher summoning conditions, a magic card, a trap card, something that counters your opponent. Those are basically your categories you would split them into. Yep. And then go, what are my odds of each one? Because I want to have more of these things in my opening hands and more of these things later. It's Deck cool building is fun. For that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was the thing I watched. What about you? Have you watched anything? Uh, what else have I watched? Uh, I need to pull up the list because my brain is struggling today. It's been a lot. It has been a lot. Um, we started watching through Tiny Heist, which is a D&D campaign on Dropout, which mm. is a college humor's paid service that currently still exists. Rip in peace. Yeah, rip in peace. Um... A bunch of people from College Humor and Dorkley and the various assorted connected companies got laid off, but Dropout, for now, still exists, and we watched the first two episodes of Tiny Heist, which is a D&D campaign hosted by um, Brennan, Brennan Lee Mulligan, and it's got all four of the McElroys, and it's got... Well, the McElboys. McElboys? Okay, yeah, the McElboys, sorry, yes. Uh, the the Adventure Zone McElroys, yes. uh, the D and D playing McElroys, the extended McElroy universe. Yes, I apologise. <laughs> My brain had already completed the Adventure Zone McElroys, um, and a couple of other people from the uh, Dropout extended universe mm-hmm. doing a homebrew setting for a little limited run campaign about a world of little tiny people and all the toys. Of- yeah, it's basically the, the Borrowers, but also Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And also, like, insects and animals are on the same communicative level as borrowers and... small things communicate. Yeah, small things that that you wouldn't... That either wouldn't be alive or you wouldn't imagine having interior lives exist and there's little people. It's very cool. It's such a lovely idea. And, like, um, from episode two when they put the... Because in the first episode they just had, like, some astroturf on the table in front of them. But for the second one they built this whole diorama of... 
this is like a casino. Yeah. And there's like Tamagotchi slot machines and there's yeah. like a phone playing snake that um, is basically like Dance Dance Revolution. For uh, a fake four loco off brand thing and it it was the, set up with bar, little the whole bar oh, thing with all and it the was set up stuff. with little dots to uh, work out your movement through the space. Yep. Brennan's a really good DM, mm-hmm. uh, very good at painting word pictures for people who aren't good at picturing things. Hmm. But then again, the the diorama really fucking helped me to tell what was going on in that because uh, episode two was basically a little casino heist, mm-hmm. and I I had a very good time with the visual aids. Mm-hmm. Um, Good voices. I I love the the characters they've got, they've all come up with. They're yeah. all very clear, concise characters. I like the sort of alcoholic, um, the Lego smoke person. smoker fairy. There's the the Lego person who has the many identities and <laughs> just takes off a head, uh, takes off takes off the hair and puts a hat, helmet on instead. He's like, I'm an astronaut now. No, I'm a dinosaur now. Right. Um, all very confidently lived characters. Um, there is the transformer. There is oh. the giant beetle. There is the small um, rogue with the cotton bud bow stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, there's the little sort of tinkerer with a battery on their back. Mm-hmm. And I, I like all these characters. They've all they've all very much come to life very quickly. They've done an amazing job. Yeah. I very much enjoy seeing Brennan Lee Mulligan and the Mackle Boys uh, D&Ding together, because they, mm. they did uh, that Dadlands one-shot as well, and... Yeah. They they have a good a good pace with each other. They chemist well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what about you? What else have you watched what this week? What else have I watched? What else well, have you watched? I'm going to put this in watched rather than listened because I didn't. I, I wasn't able to pick out the lyrics. It was all a bit fast. Um, but the reason I sort of flagged it to to you and a couple of friends <laughs> is just that the art is incredible. Yep. Yep. Um, it's the music video for Dan Deacon's uh, "When I Was Done Dying." Yeah, it's quite a trippy thing. It's it's like the kind of art I used to make as a kid where like when when I was doing animations it's like okay, here is a thing and it moves onto the screen and then maybe it explodes, but then that explosion turns into like a galaxy and then the you fly in and then you can see like a planet and then the planet turns into like two people hugging. It's like and just that sort of everything yeah. liquid into it each other. It's four minutes of everything very sort of fluidly warping from one thing to another, and it's very tough to notice exactly where it stops being one thing and starts being another. But it's also this narrative of this character who's falling and then uh, they're, they're, is a seed they're and... having they're having an ego trip. They, they're they, having they, an ego death trip. Yeah, they're having they're they're having that moment on psychedelics. Obviously, I only know this from secondhand accounts, of course. Uh, where they've gone, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let go and let this take me. And oh, now here I'm becoming a bunch of different things. And and even when they're not things I want to be, I'm just letting myself go with the flow. Of... And the universe is talking to me. And yeah, there's there's one point where I, I uh, he's facing a giant head in space. Yes, a giant face in space. And I was like, I was I was gonna go. Oh, that's that's a... oh, it blasted <laughs> him with a laser. <laughs> that is that is uh, not that is not the thing I was gonna compare it to. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're gonna compare yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is just an amazing piece of art. It it is a beautiful conceptualization of someone going down the proverbial rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was an amazing piece of art, and I'm really yeah. glad I got to see it. 
I was looking for something else entirely. I don't yeah. know how that of all things ended I, up. I don't know how you ended up on that, but it was it was beautiful, and I'm glad that it exists. And right. I'm gonna rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you got any others? I, 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 before we move on, that did make me just think about about everyone seen the time knife. Everyone seen the time knife, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Me, baby. So I've been watching a YouTube channel that does some just uh, little comedy sketches, and uh, they're called mm-hmm. Characters Wel- Welcome UCB, which I think is UC Berkeley, the ah. um, the university over in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been enjoying a, 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 a number of their their skits. I don't know what the context for where but these were performed on stage for an audience. I don't know what the context was, but um. The one that I put in the chat was a plastic bag filled with plastic bags. Mm. And it is a woman in a very good plastic bag outfit full of plastic bags um, doing a sketch about the horrors of being stuffed with your own kind. Um, oh, God. Yeah, it's it's her, like, begging... It's, it's, it, it is not as dark as the premise sounds, but it's sort of a, a comedy few minutes on... Like, uh, the various bags that have been placed inside this plastic bag that the plastic bag's not very happy about containing. Like, at one, it's like, you left fish juice in the bottom of this Ew. one. Don't, don't put it in. No, it's... It's how people get out. sick. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a thing. Um, I think one of them is... Um, the Little Mermaid Part of Your World but with a reverse mermaid, so it's a fish on the top half trying to sing in bubbly fish language. Yeah. They've they've got some amusing sketches, and I've been enjoying what I've seen so far. What about you? We we watched a B-movie for my birthday. Ah, we watched a terrible movie on your hatching day. Uh, I used to collect B-movies. I love bad horror movies. This was bad even by bad horror movie standards. (laughs) I mean... I had fun watching it. Oh, yeah. It's nonsense, and I don't understand it, and it did not know what it was trying to make its point to be. Well, I mean, the thing was, like, I've read the blurb for it. I've looked at the IMDb page for it. I've read descriptions for it. It doesn't match what happens in that fucking film. No, it does not. (laughs) It feels like like the synopsises were what they were planning to make, and they ended up making something different and didn't update their plot synopsis. This is is what they told the producers it was going to be, and then they got funding. This was the funding pitch, (laughs) not the end product. No. Do you want to try and describe what this was? So we watched Deadcon. Let's give it a name first. Yeah, Deadcon. Uh, It's on Netflix uh, in the UK. Um, It starts out as, like, someone's trying to make... um, an early internet 90s social media platform and it starts like it becomes self-aware and starts talking to its creator and it wants friends that seems to be but also perhaps it is a small child that actually existed and maybe is dead and is haunting it yeah it may be that that it that this social network is haunted by a real small child who died who maybe was Killed by the person who made the social media network. It's unclear. Couldn't really work that out. Couldn't really work that out. Um, but there's a. It ends up that there's a haunted hotel room that is haunted by a social media platform slash ghost. Yes. Um, of a a child and the child. Sometimes a small child with a balloon walks in. And the child, the child wants friends. So then we skip ahead twenty years and it's a social media. It's 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 VidCon. It's a YouTube convention. Yeah, it's it's full of like. 
um, vloggers, vlog, and vloggers, network influencers, and all these small children following them around with phones, being like, "Hey, I love you. I watch your channel. It's amazing." Yeah, and I will say, I, th- I the one thing I will give that credit that film credit for is if the, your villain in this in this is a, a ghost of a child who just wants to have friends and wants to be someone that kids that other kids want to be friends with, possessing the body of a YouTube influencer who has a young fan base is not a bad way to achieve your goal. Like, I think that is a creative way for the plot to go, aha, this is a route for our ghost to steal children. Yes, I suppose. It's, I it's... guess someone went to VidCon and went, this is horrifying, let's make a film. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's horrible the amount of trust these children have in these adults and how easily that could be abused. What if a ghost abused it? Yeah, and like the number of kids just running unsupervised around the hotel, just knocking on doors. Yeah, and these YouTubers who have zero care for their own privacy and are like, oh, I'm doing a vlog in my hotel room, door open, you can see what their <laughs> hotel room door number is. Yeah, we were is. sitting there the whole time just going, oh Jesus, you wouldn't, would I'm, you? I was watching this like, hey, I'm like <laughs> minor level internet person, and I know that if I had this much of my hotel surrounding in a vlog, my room would get found. Immediately. Yeah, because that's... People look for clues and you're giving them too many clues. Yeah, like, I know a lot of YouTubers won't even, like, do any image in their house where the curtains are open. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody might go, I recognise that tree. I mean, I don't show anyone what... uh, The window in front of us... I never do photos where the uh, that side of the window is visible. I mean, this room isn't really des- designed around that, but yeah. I yeah, I, I very much like... My, my old office and my old place, it was very easy for my window to be visible if I was going to take a selfie, and I had Ooh. to be like, no, no. Couldn't take videos when it was snowing, because I was like, that, that shows outside, shows where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird that people have to look like that, because yeah. other people are not so good. Yeah. Um, the the main characters were all too similar. They looked too similar and acted too similar and had generic... Maybe that was a, a commentary on... Maybe, but it made it really hard to follow at times who we were following. I kept getting mm-hmm. confused about which character was which for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, for a, for, a, for a while, it's... This social media influencer gets her haunted room broken into... Multiple times, and she doesn't move to a different hotel room. She doesn't go. Well, there aren't any, because that's the point. They double booked her with. Yeah, but if your room gets trashed more than once, and you're at a you're a guest at a con, it's like someone has worked out where I'm staying. It is not safe for me here. I don't care if there's no rooms. I will stay with a friend or something. I can't stay in this room. Also, what was with the guy who was like, I was here when the kid was found dead, and he's. It seems like he's going to go and warn that person. The yeah, and then, and, and then he just goes downstairs to enjoy a vodka and look at a picture. Yeah, he waits like days to try and tell the person, like, oh, I know what's happening, you're in a haunted room. And he doesn't do it, and eventually he goes up there and gets eaten the first time he goes back up to the room. Like, he added nothing to that plot. No. There's the skeezy man who films sex with his partner when he's not supposed to, and then finds evidence of the ghost. Um... And then tries to show it to her, and when he does, I mean, his like, phone starts exploding. I mean, I respect that he would... I don't respect him, but I respect the fact that like he was willing to admit and get in trouble to go... You are in danger. You are in danger. I don't care that you're going to hate me for this. I need to to 
prove to you that you're in danger. And then he sits there in the in in the room watching the door. Yeah, he's like, I don't care that you hate me and you want me to go. I'm going to protect you from this. Yeah, thing. There, there was some level of respect for that, even if he's a skeezy perv that should not be okay. Yeah, and then it tried to Blair Witch us at the end with like, like almost found footagey type type yeah stuff. And and then it ends with like here is the 2.0 version of the social media thing and now it's all very neon and colourful and triangles yeah. everywhere in his 90s. It was weird. He kept trying to do the same jump scares again and again. Yeah. Not very effectively. The, yeah, it was it wasn't good bad. It was yeah. bad bad. There, there was a while where the social media person was clearly possessed by a ghost trying to trying to lure in children. It, they 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 were all dead-eyed and kept like walking off with kids and then being like I was helping them find their way back to you. Ah, uh, then nothing really came of that. Nothing really came of that, and then there was the like the scene where somebody goes into the room and like three or four of the social influencers are there, and this collection of tiny shoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you're a ghost that is trying to collect children at a social media convention and you can possess the social media influencers, all you have to do is go go on your Twitter and go, hey kids, here's what my room number is in this hotel. There you go, you got all of the kids that you want to steal and possess to play with the ghost child or whatever. Let's not encourage the ghost child any further. We shouldn't, but like, I feel I maybe it's because this ghost child is from the 90s and doesn't know about Twitter, <sighs> but maybe that's the explanation. It felt like there were very easy ways for this ghost child to achieve their aims that they just completely overlooked. The ghost was Tom from MySpace all along! <laughs> I mean, I had fun. It was nonsense. Yeah, it was yeah. bad nonsense. Yeah, but I I mean, it's made me want to. It's made me want to watch more bad horror films. I mean, I'm up for watching more horror <laughs> films of that level of bad with you. If they could be slightly better bad, I would appreciate that. But still, that was. I mean, as long as they fall on the bad end and not the scary end, I'm fine. As long as they're entertaining. Yeah. Is that everything you've watched? I think so. Well then. Time for this. Yeah. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have trouble getting to sleep? Constantly. It's a big problem in my life. Do you like the sound of ASMR? I do. Do you like the idea of perhaps an app that will talk quietly to you and tell you to go to sleep? I like that idea a lot. You like the idea of just being sent drifting off by a whispering voice? Yes, I do. Go to fucking sleep. Oh, that's a bit more aggressive than I expected. Yes, go to fucking sleep is the ASMR app to whisper aggressively at you until you fall asleep. Okay, I guess I'll go the fuck to sleep. No, 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 legally distinct. Oh, oh. Not, not related to the book. Go to fucking sleep dot lol dot net. And click on the microphone and enter the code QMPS101 and you can get a pound off this £4 app. Oh, wow. It's available on Android and iPhone. That's right. Go to fucking sleep. Go to fucking sleep. Get to... I see the eye open. Go to fucking sleep. Do it. Sleep. That's right. Yeah, now you're sleeping. Good. Stay fucking asleep.
This has been the app. Go to fuckingsleep.lol.net and get some money off with the code QOPS101. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi, hi. So, um, you've, you've heard the news. We're, uh, having to push back some of our game releases a little yeah, bit. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's, a shame. That's gonna delay the money. I know. I want the money now, but the money's gonna be later. We got the pre-release. Oh, yeah. We, no, we got all yeah. that money, but, like, yeah. the other money we don't get yet. Yeah. So, so I've been thinking, I've been thinking. Um, sure. you know how we... Crunch our workers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, when when release is, like, six months away, maybe that's a bit long, but that's what we do. And we go like, please, please, I need to go home. I haven't seen my family for weeks. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, but the game, you know, you don't want the game to fail, do you? Well, your hard work to be for nothing. You know, the game's releasing soon. We need yeah. to, you need to... You need to work, you know, be a team player so that the game can be good. Yeah, I mean, and if you're not doing 100-hour weeks, who are we going to flog? Exactly. So, you know, we can only really get away with that in the last six months because, you know, people don't want, you know, if people won't come and work here if, you know, that's from day one. We got we to gotta give them a, a reason that's, you know, it's to get the game out the door. It's the last little push. So, so I've, I've got a plan of how we can crunch for longer without... You know, I know they don't like we do it, but I've got a plan to let us do it longer and still get away with it. Go on, I'm intrigued. So, so, I got thinking about this because the game got delayed. We did crunch leading up to when the game was going to release. Yeah. And now it's been delayed. It's been delayed by, like, you know, six months. Yeah. We're going to crunch for that six months because it's now, once again, six months away from release. We've got we to gotta release it. I mean, I'm glad I've been pumping some iron because I'm really going to need that for the flogging. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's my plan. Yeah. We lie about when the game's coming out. Right. And we make the entire development period six-month bursts of... Oh, it's six months away from de- from release. We got a crunch. Oh, got delayed another six months. Six more months of crunch. Man, that kid's going to be graduating before they get home. Yeah. So, like, what do you think? I mean, I think you are a fucking genius. I know. So. Oh, what have you put in your ears? Uh, uh, let me guess. Did you listen to a lot of MCR? Yeah. How did you know? How did was, you guess? Because there was a new MCR thing. There was a new happened. MCR thing. Yeah. And you had to so, catch up. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I listened to a lot of Fake Your Death because of course I did, because that is the track that is getting me through until they come back and play again. I'm like, it's fine. They just fake their death. They knew it was coming along. Um... I did a mix-up where I, I exported a file that is just the an offering video and then it jumps straight into um, Thank You for the Venom and I listened to that a few times. And then I went back and just listened over their discography and went, yeah, I still really like this band a lot and they make me very happy. Ah, I'm like, I'm a romance. Yeah. I listened through my playlist that was all of the songs that they played in order during the LA reunion show. A lot of MCR. What about you? <laughs> I haven't really listened to anything. I finished listening to Question Box, which we talked about last week. Um, yeah, that's, it's not been a listen-heavy week. It's been a play-shit week. I mean, yeah, same, really. Um, I think it's because I had more time off and I wasn't really... Because commu- I had four days off um, for for hatching day stuff. So I, I didn't really do any like commuting and therefore didn't listen to much. Yeah, I... I was playing and watching. 
I mean, I have no such excuse. I was doing a lot of video editing work this week, which meant that I didn't really have... I couldn't be playing music because I had to be listening to audio. Mm. Um, whenever I'm having a video or podcast edit heavy week, I don't listen to much. Um, it was mainly just My Chemical Romance because I keep listening to that and offering video on loop, just going, is there a clue in here I haven't noticed? Am I gonna, am I gonna find something? I don't know, but mm. the only way to find out is to listen a bajillion more times. At least one bajillion more times. Yeah, I. What would I? What was I gonna do? Not listen a bajillion more times. Right. Oh. Um. Oh, they're playing in June. June. I'm gonna make it so I can see them. I will find a way. Uh, well, I hope that you get to see them. That will be very, very cool. If the worst comes to the worst, I will go to Milton Keynes and stand outside the open top venue and just listen from outside. I will hear them. Um, I did listen to one thing. What did you listen to? We kind of listened to it together. We listened to the uh, Power Range, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Ultimate Rock Adventure album. Oh, yes. Uh, that... Which I put on during um, Heroes of the Grid. That beautiful album of nonsense. It is a lot of tracks that are, here is some some rock guitar, let's sing about what the Power Rangers are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what more do you need? It's like, go, go, Power Rangers, you are the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, fight, fight, you're doing some fighting. Time to do a morph, morphing time. It's a lot of tracks where, like, the whole lyric is like, here's one thing that the rangers do sometimes. Right. That's the important stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, I have a soft spot for it, but it's terrible, and I know that, and I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, ooh, shut up and sit down. Have a, a a new podcast, finally. Oh, yes. The, the last episode of their podcast was... Like October, I think. Mm. Which was fine at the time, because I'd only just discovered them. And I was like, yes. oh, well, 100 episodes of this to listen to. And then <laughs> I listened to it all and went, uh, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, they recorded uh, a Shut Up and Sit Down live at PAX Unplugged. Ooh. Um, and talked about a, a bunch of uh, board games that they've been playing in the meantime. Like a sort of mega mix of stuff that's been going on in their time away. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see what if 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 anything I can find the names of of things. Oh, they played the War of the Worlds board game. Oh yeah, what did they make of they it? They didn't seem to be that impressed either. But yeah. if you like War of the Worlds, then why not put the War of the Worlds musical on and and give this a try? I mean, that is the best way to play it. I mean, I think so. The chances of anything coming from Mars are a million to one, and then they did it twice. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that was a thing I listened yeah, to. Yeah, it was a, a listen-light week for me, slash lots of listening to music from games because I was making that decade of games list. And like, a lot several, of hours of, several hours of fantasy music on, yes. on Saturday. Um, so, um, Vakna Paul on YouTube, Fantasy Music Daydream Mix, uh, Paku on YouTube, D&D Playlist Tavern slash In Music. Uh, Che Che Stenson, uh, D&D Battle Music, um, three hours of epic and powerful fantasy music legendary GRV Megamix by Mortifer V. Um, basically whatever I needed at the time. And then yeah. I think we finished on Combat Music Extended Megamix The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt yeah. uh, by Chris the Player. Because apparently that's real good for fighting That's music. good boss music. Apparently so. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's some re- recommendations. That's like 
each one of those is about four hours long. So <laughs> should be keeping that'll keep you going for a yeah, while, right? Uh, I think that's everything I've listened to. Well then, time for this. Time for this. In our twenty-four hour a day, high-paced culture, we don't have time for spiritual enlightenment. We don't have time to spend on years and years of discipline, focus, meditation, dedicating every single part of yourself to finding that spiritual awakening. That's why we've developed Enlightamine. This pill will bring you up to eight hours of enlightenment in just one afternoon. Enlightamine. It's spiritual consciousness in a bottle. I'm pretty sure I had one of those at a festival. Enlightamine contains dimethyltryptamine along with other ingredients. Oh, the first three weeks of January have been going so great. I've been getting my life together. I'm, I've been keeping up with with all of those. <coughs> oh, oh, who, oh, God! It's old me. Hi. Oh, God, old me. What are we? What are you doing? It's it, I'm, it's new me. We we talked about this. I'm leaving you in 2019. Yeah, but curry and video games though. No, I was gonna. I was gonna go to the the gym three times a week. Sounds and like a lot of effort. And uh, I was gonna I was gonna spend less money on takeaway. I mean, delicious though. I was gonna spend less time watching Netflix and more time creating. Th- I was gonna learn guitar. You can learn guitar. I'm just gonna make. Do you want Do you want to play rock band together? Ah. Uh... I wasn't gonna let you back into my life. I was gonna get. Mm. I could really go for some rock band though. I put na 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 on. I I mean I was gonna go to the gym like now. Okay, no no, I don't wanna be a bad influence. You head off to the gym. I'm just gonna have a nap. Oh make room for me. Mm, oh, oh new me, same old me. Mm. Love you. See, we did do the whole liking liking ourselves thing better. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Questions, Sam. It's time for questions. What's the questions? Uh, Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Hi. Uh, we'd like to know, in terms of teleportation, do you prefer the idea of wormhole, punching through slash punching through space and time, or disassemble in one place and reassemble in that destination? Uh, punching a hole in time requires less introspection about am I still me and the if you replace a mop head and then replace the mop handle is it still the same mop conundrum kill me and replace me i mean i'm i'm not i'm personally not opposed to that in theory but i feel like if it was actually presented in front of me i might have slightly existential thoughts kill me and replace me and if you can fix my brain chemistry on the way that would be great i mean i wouldn't say no to to that just a little serotonin. See, as a th- here's the thing. I'm okay with the being killed and dis- uh, uh, and a new me being made on the other end. What I'm not okay with, and it's the thing that always makes me paranoid about the disintegrate and remake example, and this has come up in Star Trek before, is the what if the breaking you down process doesn't work properly and through some fluke you end up with two of you. Cool. Wh- which one of you goes about your life now? Why are we this? I, I suppose, like that. It... After a period of fingering, both of us. <laughs> I I feel like there is the 
One of you would clearly feel like the inferior version of you, and that could lead to some mental health issues if not properly cared for. Of like, I'm the inferior, not that's probable. my secret, Captain. We both think we are inferior. Uh, yeah, we we get into the whole two <laughs> pole more red... inferior than we the get other. into the two pole reds trying to murder each other room at this point. I, I don't think it would be too many reds. Too many rats, too many rats. I, I mean, yeah, I maybe don't... it would be okay, but I would have... Here's the thing. I don't think that would happen, but my paranoid worries are like, but what if? I don't... I don't have to worry about the what ifs if we just punch a hole through space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds more fun. I like the idea it's... that you get the sort of, like, pulling sensation as you do the wormhole through space. Yeah. I, I just don't want to give my paranoia more things to worry about. I think I'm already tapped out on things to worry about. <laughs> uh, Tricky asks, hi Tricky, uh, invent an energy drink that has something to do with the last question you answered. Um, um, it's so good, it'll to help your brain chemistry. Um, it, I'm going to call it uh, disintegration, disintegration hole. <laughs> Go on. Uh, <laughs> Your mind will feel like it's been disassembled, reassembled, and pulled through a hole in time. With extra touring. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with, um, you'll feel like a whole new you. With <laughs> transport aids. Disinterwarp? Disinterwarp. I would drink, I would drink disinterwarp. Mmm, tasty disinterwarp. Disinterwarp. Build your brain up from scratch after stretching it through light years. Sure. Uh, Bethany Turner. Hi, Bethany. Uh, what talent do you really wish you had but have never had the time or spoons or money to learn? Mm. E.g. the guitar. Yeah, learning to play guitar or some sort of melody-driven instrument. I don't think I've got the coordination to learn no. a string instrument. I would like to sit down and and actually learn to play my yeah. ocarina. <laughs> I, I don't have the fine motor control for um, anything that requires, like, fingering for, like, guitar. <laughs> I mean, I assure you, you're very good at fingering. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I persisted and I eventually became mediocrely okay at drums, but I d could not get there on guitar because my fingers just don't do what I tell them to do. Do the big movement with the guitar. I can do a big drums. bum, bum, oh. bum, 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 bum. I can't do twiddle my fingers around to precise spots. Mm -hmm. Uh... Yeah. A drum is a very big target. A string and a fret are very small targets. And also they make bad noises when you when you play them badly. Yeah. Whereas the worst that happens with a drum is you don't hit it. Doesn't sound loud enough. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> or you put a stick through a skin, I guess. I mean, that happens regardless. Oh, okay. There's a reality of drumming. I, I don't know. Sometimes you just get a bit too overexcited with that drum skin. I've I've only ever seen that happen deliberately. I mean, I've had it happen when I was in a band and we were playing songs above our skill level and like really pushing ourselves to make it, and then like and then you pushed your equipment too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crimson Avatar of Beholding. Hi, Crimson. Hi. Uh, are there any band slash artists that you have? Since uh, that have since broken up slash stopped doing gigs, that you would have loved to see. If you'd asked me this like three months ago, it would have been My Chemical Romance. I mean, it's they the, they were the answer. Still technically true. I mean, I suppose. Um, I don't think of any other bands that broke up, and I would really, you know, 
I would have loved to have seen Queen play live. Freddie Mercury seemed like a f- like a fantastic stage person. See, I think I'd rather hang um, have gone like out dancing with Freddie. I mean, rather than watch him I mean, I'd have preferred that if that's it, an option of the two. But I would have loved to have seen you know, I'd love to see them perform. It'd be nice to hang out with like. Um, Freddie Mercury and David Bowie at some point. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, David Bowie. I could party. David <laughs> David Bowie, yeah, would have partied. I don't really have any any other major answers for that. I've 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 recently had this wish fulfilled. Um, my, and my brain has gone. Nope, nope. You got you got your wish. I think my problematic fave, as of like, as of the time when I was still young and edgy and twatty enough to have been into them as heavily as I was, I would have liked to see like. Mid nineties Guar life, yeah. When Brocky was still alive, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I know they're bad. I know they're awful. I know a lot of their songs are really problematic, but I think it's an essential part of my youth. Yeah, and it's not like I'm giving them money anymore. Well, that's it. Yeah. So I don't feel so guilty. I think that will also answer somebody else's question further down. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, if you were a character in an animated show, what would your standard outfit be? Um, I think you're you're calling me out here with the <laughs> look you're giving me. Um, yeah, it would probably be some. It'd probably be jeggings and a big baggy hoodie. I feel like that's. I think that's in reality what my standard outfit would be. I would like to pretend that my standard outfit would be the outfit I wear when I'm like. I'm gonna do a nice outfit today and like make an effort, which would be like currently my standard outfit of like that I would want my character outfit to be would be those nice uh, boots I've got with the stars on those sort mm. of like big stompy boots. boots. Uh, again, probably jeggings, but then like a t-shirt paired with that uh, that biker jacket. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I mean, if we're talking reality, I'm I'm pretty much wearing it. So black um, leggings and a t-shirt. Not necessarily black leggings. Probably the the tentacle leggings. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, neon leg warmers. If it happens to be a winter episode. Yeah. Um, a, a like some probably a t-shirt. You know what I would like yeah. in in my anime version? I would like to have um like a black t-shirt with the Lezo design that I've got oh, on my hoodie. Oh yeah. And also have a hoodie. Yes. See, that's the thing, is I think there's two designs. There's the reality one, which is big, baggy, lazy, oversized jumper with patches on, where I'm basically the... the, I'm basically the stays-at-the-computer-playing-video-games nerd stereotype, but I want to be the slightly punk outfit that I wear on special occasions. I want that to be my default. I mean, if we were going to go for the the sort of special occasions outfit, it'd be like the big fancy dress and the corset and the puffy top. Yeah. Stuff that I haven't, literally haven't worn in years. I mean, I wear the, the, the punky outfit reasonably often when I'm like, I feel up to personing today. Um, summer me in like the um, festival pants and like a uh, my uh, Taste the Rainbow t-shirt. Oh, yeah. With some poi. That would also be sort of a very me outfit. I need to make some new festival bands. I feel like we have three outfits we would cycle between in yeah, the show. Yeah, like summer, winter, and like day to day. Yeah, there's, there's the lazy at home, there's the summer when people will see me, and winter when people will see me outfits. And also the very special uh, UDP episode where we're both dressed as unicorns. Oh, of course. Naturally. <laughs> um, John Cassidy Jr. Pumpkin or sweet potato pie? I don't believe I've ever had either of those as pies. Same. Because we are English and not yes. American. And um, I think of the two, sweet potato 
I like I've eaten sweet potato. I enjoy that, and I know you can make desserts with sweet potatoes, like ube. I would pick of the two pumpkin pie because I'm really curious about what pumpkin spice for pumpkin pie actually tastes like. I mean, you know that apple thing I made you at UDP? Yeah. It's that with a different fruit base. I. Those are the pumpkin spices. They are they the pumpkin yes, spices? Yes, those I, are the pumpkin spices. I didn't know those were the pumpkin spices. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'd have been a lot less afraid to try a pumpkin spice latte if I realised those were the pumpkin spices. Pumpkins, pumpkin spice doesn't taste of pumpkin. No, generally. I know it doesn't. I know it's a thing they flavour pumpkin pie with that tastes nothing like pumpkin. But no one described to me what it tasted like. Ah, oh. in that case, probably pumpkin pie because I like those spices. You uh, did you just Google what pumpkin pie uh, pumpkin spices? Pumpkin, the recipe for pumpkin spices includes eighteen parts ground cinnamon, four parts ground nutmeg, four parts ground ginger, three parts ground cloves, and three parts ground allspice. I mean, now I understand why pumpkin spice is in everything. Yeah, pumpkin spice is all of the the f- spices that I like. I mean, apart from the the cloves, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I might not might not put cloves in or dial myself. them back to a yeah. smaller portion. But, but yeah. like, yeah, no, I don't understand why America gets all huffy about oh, they put pumpkin spice in everything. It's so basic. No, pumpkin spice is good. I've never had it, but that's a good list of spices. Is it because women and non-white people like? Okay, it? yeah, that that is one hundred percent why. Yeah, I'm just just. I mean, that's usually the reason. If a if a thing that is really nice gets derided as silly, um, women, people of color, yeah, non-straight people, non-straight white men really like it. Therefore, it's silly. Yep. Uh, I must be derided. Uh, mm. Why do we live in this world? Well, because the aliens haven't come to pick us up yet. But I, I mean, I called an alien pickup like a while ago. By which I mean I stood in a field and shouted to the Abduct aliens. Abduct me, fuckers! I'm ready, you shits. Maybe we should stop swearing at them. <laughs> Please. Please. Please abduct me. I'll be your oh. best friend. Uh, Gerald Burke asks, uh, if you really love someone's art, then you find out they're a monster. What do you do? Is there a way to divorce the art from the artist, or does ignoring what they did somehow normalise it, or betray the victims of their behaviour? Ah, uh, I'm going to go back to Maguire example. Yeah. I just stop giving them money. Well, that's it. Like, I, for me, the big thing is don't give further money to that person, particularly if yep. they use it for things that you actively don't want them to use it for. Um, my go-to example is always uh, Orson Scott Card, who. Uh, um, the Ender's Game person uh, actively put money into anti-gay charities. Uh... Oh, the writer, right? Okay, I thought you yes. meant like somebody in the film. No, 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 <laughs> Orson Scott Card. Okay, I, just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, massive homophobe who actively put money into fighting like gay rights movements, trans rights movements, oh, yeah. etc. Um, just another sort of jelly belly yeah. slash chick fillet. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing. Sometimes I will. Not throw away a thing I already own and like that has a problematic person in it. Um, but I will obviously, like, if I talk about it afterwards, I talk about it with caveats. And, mm-hmm. like, you know. Uh, but the, the example I've been thinking about a lot recently is uh, Night in the Woods, which is one of my favourite video games of the last decade mm. that is really hard to recommend anymore because... Pardon? Eels, honey. Yeah. The the short version is that one of the co-creators of it 
um, was accused of sexual assault, and then before responding to those accusations, killed himself, and mm. that was a whole thing. Well, I mean, it's not like they're getting money now. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing in my head is I'm like, uh, by me playing a copy I already own, I'm he, he, well, even if I bought another copy, he's not getting money off of it now. Mm. I I I feel like I have a duty to when I recommend when I talk about it and talk about my love of it to to give that context and to talk yeah. about hey it's connected to this person make it so that people can make an informed judgment about yes. it. Um but it doesn't stop me from like there is a song from that game that I find really moving and touching that I listen to fairly often. I like listening to covers of uh it's a track called Die Anywhere Else. About trying to sort of get away from a small town and be like, I don't yeah. care where I end up in life, just I don't want to stay please. stagnant here. Yeah. Um, really moving track hmm. that I still love, even if I look at it and go, I I know that there is a shit person connected to this, and if that person was still alive, I wouldn't recommend people spend money on it. Yeah. I think, and I think another another aspect I do have on this sometimes is, initially I'll be like, I'm not going to spend any money on them. I'm not going to throw this away. It's it's it, because to to just destroy the thing that I have, if it's like yeah. a video or or a game or something, to just destroy it is a a thing that I already own. Is is like when you see people going, oh, Nike did uh, yeah. socially progressive things, so we're going to burn our trainers or whatever. Or go out and buy more trainers just to burn them. Yeah. Like, that is not helping anyone well, to destroy these things. I, I think part of it for me is I I try not to deny that I like the thing in the first place. I try and acknowledge and validate my own feelings of like, before we knew about whatever these things about this this person, I liked this piece of media. Maybe it had a, uh, an important impact on me at some time. Maybe I feel nostalgia for it. Let myself feel that. Don't try and go, nope, 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 can't, can't think, no, nope, don't think about it, don't think about it. But not to support anything they do going further forward. Mm. Like, any, any case of, like, let's say there is something I like with a problematic person in it that I feel big nostalgia, uh, big nostalgia for, I might still watch the thing I'm nostalgic for, but not watch anything new. Um... Like, the fact that, um... Oh, the voice of Hades in that Disney Hercules. Oh, yeah. Um, um yeah. James Woods? James Woods. Yes. Uh, I will watch Hercules and enjoy it and go, it's problematic that James Wood is a shitty person. I'm not going to spend money on a copy of Hercules. I will find it some way that does not make any money for him. Cough, cough, cough piracy. Um, I but, don't think he gets royalties from it. I, I don't know if he does or not, but just to be safe. That doesn't sound but, um, very Disney. No, but like, I would never watch anything new with James Woods in it, but I won't be put off enjoying some nostalgia for an old thing. I'll go, that's shitty, and I can't stop thinking about the fact that, that you're you're in this and that's bad, but I won't, like, berate myself for still thinking that that film is a, an enjoyable film. But yeah, I, 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 I get what you were saying about the, like, Nike people burning their stuff, um, and that, that doesn't actually hurt the company, it just, you know, you have fewer Nike socks now. It, it doesn't help, it, it doesn't do anything good to get rid of a thing you already have. It, it, like, that's, that's not the same as refusing to engage with them further going forward. Uh, Arachnovolt, Silk Matron's asset. Oh, going up in the world. Uh, what's a game that you've always wanted to play but have never gotten around to playing? See, the thing is, b 
because games are my job, whenever there's a game where I'm like, I really should get around to playing that, I usually do, because it feels important for work reasons. I wish I'd gotten more into Warframe. Warframe seems really cool, and it's been really cool when I've tried jumping into it, and I've just never properly given it the time that it needs. I remember you talking about it on Dream Inquisition for a while. Yeah, I played... That's the thing. I played, like, enough of it to get a feel for it, and then I dropped off it really quick. And I never stuck around with it. I'm like, it's not one that I've not played, but it's one that I wish I'd, like, stuck with. Have you got any answers for this? Grey Goo? What's Grey Goo? It's uh, an asymmetric uh, RTS game. Okay. Where uh, you can play, like, Two factions, or you can be this big lump of grey goo that is basically like nanobots, and it will split up and be like a mother goo and create like little goos out of it. And I love that idea, the uh, asymmetry of that. And I think that was the first one of those I'd I'd really heard about. Hmm. Um, And I I suppose there is a certain degree of that with the Command and Conquer factions, although it very much felt like that had a sort of a certain symmetry with it, like. Things had their their foils on either side, and I, mm. I like I grew up playing like original C and C, Red Alert, Red Alert Two, mm. uh, Red Alert Two endlessly. Yes, and then I like never had a good enough PC or a, a PC at all to play like I've like I've never played. Um, I, I think I maybe spent four hours playing Red Alert Three. Mm-hmm. Couldn't really get into it. Um, wanted to play C and C Three. Like I, mm. and I think there's a whole bunch of that generals I haven't really played. Yeah. Either. Like, so, like, then hearing about Grey Goo, I own it. I lo- I think I loaded it once, and it just crawling on my PC. It's like, okay, maybe yeah. one day I'll get around to actually trying to yeah. play that. Well, maybe it'll load on the on the laptop it now. It probably would. I just need time. <laughs> That's fair. It's always a question of time, isn't it? Yeah. What about you? Uh, the only other, other one I can think of is I saw it uh, in a museum. Uh, and it was when the uh, the uh, Victorian Albert Museum was doing their sort of video games exhibit uh, a while ago. In their sort of room of weird creative indie stuff at the end, I forget what the name of it was, but um, you know there's like sort of pop-up tent things for children, and sometimes there's like cylindrical... It's like fabric... The, like a little like fabric... The, tun- the tunnels they put yeah. out for dogs at... Yeah. Like... yeah, yeah. So imagine two of those... With screen with some screens inside, and you are playing as two caterpillars trying to uh, competitively wriggle around to complete objectives, but you have to do so by wriggling around in a fabric tube. It's, okay. It's a weird creative thing that I've seen hung from a ceiling and described, and I would love to see the weirdness of two people trying to wiggle around in a fabric tube opposite each other to play a video game. How about an adults-only version of that? That it's basically a genital jousting, <laughs> but it put in those tubes. I mean, I feel like mechanically that is not far off. <laughs> uh, Becky Two Hill, hi Becky. Hi, love you. Love you. I've just noticed that there's a hyphen between Toot and Hill, so that other people get it. Ah, so I don't go Tooth Hill. Tooth Hill. Tooth Hill. Tooth Hill. Tooth Hill. Toot Hill. Uh, top five favorite things to drink. Ah, what what's what's your list? Latte, cherry Pepsi Max, um, hot chocolate, mm. uh, fresh like uh lemon press. Ooh, really thick milkshakes. Oh, you've 
Oh, you've put some good options on the table there. A really nice, cold, cloudy apple juice. Something like what you did at UDP, like a nice, hot, apple, cinnamony... Pumpkin-spiced apple. (laughs) Pumpkin-spiced apple. Um, I really enjoy Dr. Pepper. Mm. Iron Brew. Probably I like both of there. those, but they are a little bit too sweet for my taste. I mean, they're they're just on the boundary for me. That that iron brew with ginger recently was really nice. Oh, yeah, that really like, offset the sweetness. Just really just offset the sweetness just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a plain black coffee. I really like just plain black coffee. Bitter and twisted. Just a just a nice nice like black filter coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <gasps> time for this. For this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a long day, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright. Yeah, it's been a very long day, mate. How's, uh, how's your week been? Anything uh, new with you? Well, you know, it's just uh, the... Just... Just the news, you know. Oh, being how it is. And oh, I've noticed uh, one particular issue recently is just the the homelessness crisis is being sort of treated very much as a problem with the homeless people. Mm, yes, it's uh, not uncommon to see people getting a bit uh, upset at homeless people for being homeless rather than, you know... The society which has allowed people to not have homes, especially when we are living in a place where there are more than enough houses for everyone. Well, but, you know, is... they're just being kept empty because that's... Well, that's it. We, an investment. We could we could home all of the homeless people. Easily. Easily, without making any new homes, just yeah. by putting them in homes that are sat empty. But, you know... Potential capital. We've got to, got to hold on to them to sell in pristine condition in twenty years. You know. Well, you know, you know. Well, yeah, you got to sell them like ten years before the entire fucking planet burns. Yeah, yeah. That's the important thing, you know. Make sure that landlords and uh, other assorted billionaires have got their high score or, or bank statement, as they yeah. might like to think. Well, of it. You see, it's it's people holding on to houses because they know that in ten, fifteen years. You're not going to be able to go outside without catching on fire, and uh, yeah, yeah. houses will be, you know, more valuable as a result. You well, know? assuming that they're above the flood levels. Well, that's it. Yeah, well, that's it. The houses are above the flood levels will rise in price because the flooded ones will have gone. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but you know, there'll probably still be some landlord in central London be like, uh, yes, beautiful view of, of central London. Yeah. Well, the, the, Entirely underwater. Well, the, the problem, the problem is that, like, I, I think a lot of people over-assume how far away they are from the poverty line or how little it would take for them to, to end up homeless. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think they, they say that most, I think most people in, in the UK certainly are, are about three months, is it? About... They say three months, but I think I would... Pro- I mean, unless the landlord was going to be polite about it, I would struggle for more than a month. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think, think you'd struggle for more than six six week, six bad weeks you could be homeless. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is, you know... A, a lot of people look down on homeless people, but it's like, well, it's a very easy situation to get into, and once you're in it, it's very hard to get out of. Yeah, and I mean, especially with things like uh, working... You know, the the universal cr- credit issues we've had. Yeah. 
Uh, just just the state of things at the moment, like the automation, people run, people just losing their jobs because uh, country uh, com- large companies are moving out of the yeah. UK because it's it's not viable with Brexit happening. Sit- situ- you've also got situations like it's all well and good telling a homeless person to get a job, but. If you can't have a bank account because you're, you don't have a permanent address and you don't have a permanent address to put on your job application, it's very hard to get a job. Yeah. And like, you know, we're starting and to And also, see- like, if you're homeless, you know, what are the chances that you've got a uniform you could wear at work or, you know, exactly. suitable office clothes? Yeah. And one thing that is thankfully uh, positive is, is more banks, uh, I believe Lloyd's has started doing it recently, that you can start getting bank accounts... Uh, specific accounts without a fixed ter- a fixed long term address or without Jesus. yeah, which it, it's depressing. I mean, it's nice that they do that, but the it's fact depressing that, they need that it to. yeah, it's depressing that that has to be a thing. But at least there are you know there are slowly options of, of arriving, and you know depending on where you go, there are some community efforts to have addresses that can be used by homeless people to receive posts. Yeah. But, we're I not doing talking about somewhere where they were doing like libraries are allowing people to register. Yeah, yeah. But it's just we're not doing enough to help and support homeless people and there's more than enough resources to help them. But instead we see people getting mad at homeless people for being homeless and being in the way. How dare you is... clutter up my view of the, the all the all the beautiful commerce and, and uh, yeah. capitalism I could be involved it's, in. It's absolutely sickening. Very, yeah. You uh, fancy that, mate? Oh, I need one. Yeah, yeah. yeah same. Ah, oh, good egg, mate. Good egg. Good egg, good egg. Yeah, shall I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Me? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. Uh, if you can chuck any support there, it is really appreciated. It's what lets me do this as... The full-time job. Uh, recent things I've uploaded, I spent the better part of a week making a hour-long video and eight and a half thousand word uh, written piece, broken up into like one to two hundred word chunks, of my 50 Game Awards of the last decade. Uh, I'm really proud of that. I put a lot of work into it. It was a big old chunk of work. Other than that, everything I produce ends up on laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, uh, freelance pieces, videos, uh, podcasts, everything goes there. I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels is a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it is out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Keep an eye out on my Twitter. I'm gonna be doing some speaking engagements in the UK and maybe outside the UK and Europe in February, so keep an eye out for that to do with uncomfortable labels. Uh, There's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews, which is going to be out in October 2020. Earlier if you support it on Unbound, hint, hint, uh, get it early. 
Uh, I'm on a bunch of podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's where I talk about video game pornography. Um, Dice Funk. It is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I am on. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and I'm soon going to be on season seven. They're all self-contained stories. If you start with season three, which is a very good one, I don't show up till eight or nine episodes in, so don't worry about the fact you don't hear me at the start of the season. I will show up. And Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. What about you, Jane? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I can also be found on SoundCloud as Janiaris Magnets, where you might be listening to this now. Um, also on Patreon, Stoned Monkey Radio over there. If you want to chuck me a dollar a month, I would super like the opportunity to do this m- more than I do. Do that thing. Give Jane some of them pennies. Help me. Help me entertain you. We'll be a ha- we'll be a house of creatives. Yeah, and we'll never be able to get like a tenancy agreement on anywhere. Because we're That's fine, we'll live here forever. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll have to. I mean, I've seen how much trouble other creative people have had with uh, with home doing, because... Freelancers in general. Yeah, freelancers, in, freelancers find it hard to get places to live. Yeah, frankly, unless, unless you're buying a place outright, it seems real difficult to be like, hey, oh, I'm going to do the thing, and... Yeah. Uh, I, I know people who it's like, oh yeah, my monthly income is like in the tens of thousands. No. No, you haven't got a... It's, it's not a real job, though. It's uh, not a real one. No. It's a pretend job. I can understand why I know a, f- a few people who work independently in the games industry, like not as like developers or anything, but like yeah. around promotion, talk about having to save up enough to pay a year's rent in advance. Oh, yeah. So, um, what? The pub flat that I've talked about before, I ended up paying... Uh, actually, not me. Uh, the other person who moved into that flat paid their first six months' rent up front because they didn't have a guarantor. Wow. Yeah. Just to be like, here you go, I've I've got money. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that did they try and scam back when, when you moved out? Uh, none of that money ever fucking came back. What a shock! Yeah, I was saying that in a sort of light-hearted, haha. But you know, landlords are fucking landlords parasites. are leeches. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, where Where else am I? I got very distracted there. Uh, PayPal.me slash Jane Magnet if you fancy just doing me a one-off. Those are always super appreciated. Um, and Redbubble.com slash people slash Don't Monkey Radio and you can. You can look at stuff that I've made, like a Spookake t-shirt, which is like a ghost surrounded by splats of ectoplasm. It's adorable, but also kind of haunt. That's just kind of my vibe. Anyway, Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. I will! That's good, I'll be one soon. Yay! Credits, music. (laughs) 